Hey guys, good morning. Here's the second message under the heading of the healing of your book. And uh, you're God's highest creation, guys. It was never about sin, disobedience, and unrighteousness. I'm going to show you that everything you believe about what's wrong with man, the writers were not talking about. They were talking about the divine creatability of God that's in man, uh, physically and spiritually, the two covenants. And uh, I'll show you <clears throat> as detailed as I can. Um, and this is what science is bearing out, guys, in my personal experience as well. And uh, it took me thousands of hours in Hebrew to figure out that, oh, my God, the reason everything we believe came out of the fourth century is because that's when it was codified, basically, Greek, Latin, and ultimately English, and literally not translated. I'll show you, not translated, and a wrong interpretation where they went from this beautiful Eastern book about the seed of life being released from man into love covenants into a sinner, disobedient, unrighteous, even the original sin, the original sin, somehow the serpent, uh, which by the way, I've showed you is uh, throughout the world. The serpent is the, um, the God of healing, the idea of the endless life where you could lay down your skin, but not die. And that's in the garden narrative where I showed you last week, Lahat, um, <clears throat> where it's the, the, the seed of, of the serpent, which is the Hebrew letter Tet, the number nine. And it was because it could lay, the reason it was more cunning than any of the animals is because it could lay down its skin, but not die. And we also see that in, in references like that in allegory, where it says, um, and he was like a sheep before its shepherds, uh, silent when they sheared his coat, meaning the hairy man, you and I, when that when our outer part is removed from us, the hairy part of us says it's like a sheep before it's shepherd silent. <clears throat> it's it means this is that seed is silently released. It's in the unseen. It's the unknown tongue. Um, it's like that is what it says. So when we shed this outer garment, we don't die. We actually live. That's the great news. As there's this life and the life to come, as all the Hebrews were writing about. And so let me just try to show you this. Let's start in Genesis 1, because this is where it starts. And I'll show you when you get a left top wrong. And even all the knots, guys, um, thou shalt not, I've showed you. Go look it up. It says Elohim's, and I'll, I'll show you what not is. So this may, this is more of like a, a Bible study um, message, which is why I wanted to record the other message about the, the formula divinely create, because that's all you need. And that's what it was talking about. The formula to divinely create physically is the seed is released in a love covenant. And through no more effort of our own, um, life happens. The, she begins to show, the show bread begins to show. There's a, there's the life of the unseen bread too, the unleavened bread, where you can't see it. It's in the unseen. <clears throat> but it is the seed of God released in a love covenant, expelled out of a man that creates life in the unseen all by itself with no apparent means. And the Greek translator took that as no or nothing there, not. Both of those are wrong. It's, the, it's literally the, the Hebrew ayin, meaning the third eye, where you're going to perceive this in the, the secret realm. Not with your physical eyes, you're going to perceive it. So there's nothing, there's no bad news literally in the good news. Now, you would think people would be so excited about that, but whoo, boy, they don't like that. Um, I love it because it confirms everything that I knew in my heart. And I can't tell you guys, I get thousands of emails, pastors, theologians. I go, I knew, in fact, I was just talking to a pastor this week. And he says, I knew sin was a mistranslation, but I couldn't, I've known that for a long time, but I didn't know, I didn't have words for it. And so I'm like, I know, because once you get into the Hebrew, it was never about sin. In fact, sin is a, a or a maros without your lot or inheritance in life. 
it literally says, you shall share in the divine creativity and your inheritance of God. It's 180 degrees uh, from what the scriptures actually say, which is um, why sin consciousness, guilt, shame, the idea that somehow God, you could be a disobedient, God would not bless you. It's impossibility, guys. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is always love. He is always good. And you've always been divinely created from the start. Always. You had to be taught. Imagine being a little kid. Um, little kids are innocent. They think they can do anything. They have creative minds. They're they're going like crazy. And they gradually have to be taught. Imagine the shock. I, I remember for me, um, when I was when I was taught, oh, but by the way, there was something that happened thousands of years ago where a naked lady talked to a snake, and now God's really mad. And if you don't say the right things or do the right things, um, that uh, you'll be tortured forever. Now, I'm an innocent little kid. And every one of you, I really believe this, in your heart knows that can't be true. <clears throat> and to me, the proof's in the pudding. We're all we're all children of God. Because uh, when I'm around atheists, so-called atheists, agnostics, whatever, um, and they'll go, I just don't believe in God. And I usually tell them, I don't believe in God the God I was taught either, because he's a thousand times better than that. And that's really all I'm trying to do is heal the book. And so I go, if you could believe in a God, what would you believe in? And they tell me the most beautiful God that I've ever heard every time, guys. They don't exclude anybody. They don't exclude a certain people group. They don't exclude a race. They don't exclude the Hebrews or the Muslims, the Hindi, the Hindis, the, the Buddhists, anybody. They go, God would love everyone. Like, wow, you! I think you've just described God perfectly. So anyway, let's start with the beginning, because that's where the whole mistranslation and misinterpretation started. <clears throat> All right. So I'm going to read it in English, and then we'll show you a left off. I've shown you this, but then I'm going to show you some other things as well. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If you read that in English, it, there's no indication that uh, this God is plural. Let me, let me show you what it says in the interlinear. And then obviously Hebrew reads right to left. In fact, the whole story is right here, guys, in the first first word and then the first verse, which is seven. And in the beginning is a left toff, which I've shown you is untranslatable, is what it says. Well, come on, the Hebrews didn't do it 11,050 times to make it untranslatable. It's actually double Yahweh. So this was the, this was the most important part of scripture, never once translated in your Greek, Latin, or English Bibles. Well, that's a problem because this is the core of what it's all about. It's about two love covenants. So, so you see here, God is plural, <clears throat> masculine, plural, Elohims. Anytime you see a Yad Mem, the last two uh, on a Hebrew noun, it makes it plural, Elohim. So in English, it says, in the beginning, God created. So we would say it like this in English. From the beginning, God's created. You and I, you know, if you look at Psalm 82, if you look at John 10, 34, it says, I have said, ye are gods, and you are going to descend like princes. Now, of course, the Greeks and obviously the English, you're going to fall like princes. No, it says you're going to descend. God incarnated man and descended into the lower realm, the physical realm. And when the last trumpet that sounds, when we actually, when the, when the spirit of God, the seed of God is released from us, gods are created. We return to the, the, the eternal body of God. That's what, and then we clean our head, just like physical intimacy. When the seed of life is released, there's a rest. So the, what the writers were trying to show you in story was when somebody dies from this realm, we lay, we clean our head. That was indication to them that the seed of God's been released and it doesn't return void. We return to God. Instead of the many-membered body of God, we come to the eternal body of God. <clears throat> so anyway, in, the, in this bara is to shape, bend, create. If you go look at it, fashion by cutting out shape, pair, 
writing a stick from an arrow um, to found, to build. You get this idea that we divinely, always of divine activity. We fashion or create something, okay? <clears throat> so in English, we would say it like this. From the beginning, Elohims, you and I, fashioned and created a left toff. Now it's the first and last letter. Now it says untranslatable. <laughs> it's not untranslatable, guys. I'm going to show you. It's very important in the garden narrative. Used 11,050 times. I'm just showing you this because, um, boy, when you try to share good news, woo, <laughs> you, you better be prepared that not everybody wants to see the good news. So anyway, <clears throat> um, uh, because they believe in a certain narrative and they want sin, they want unrighteousness, they want uh, disobedience, they want somebody to be tortured. It's, I, I just call it spiritual arrogance, actually, because they don't know what they're doing. So a left toff is the first and last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Two is, Toph is just covenant, two joined together. Aleph, now this is interesting. Let me show you this. Um, uh, let me just show you, you can go to Hebrew for Christians. I, I, I'm i going to show you uh, what Aleph means, okay? <clears throat> All right, Aleph, the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. This is important because I'm going to show you when the Greeks translated it. It says it's from Hebrew, from singularity, from oneness, the first letter. Aleph is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet and signifies number one. It also means number 1,000, guys. You see that a lot in Scripture. Days like a thousand years, a thousand years are like a day. Aleph indicates the oneness and unity of Creator. It hints that beyond the illusion of separation and duality is underlying oneness, that nothing is separate and the Creator is the source of everything. Now, science is proving that out, guys. One change in one photon actually has a simultaneous change in all photons in the world at the same time. That is fascinating. The shape of the Aleph is two yods. That's the number 10. One above and one below with a diagonal line, the Vav. Vav is always man. That's the sixth day. The uh, man was on the sixth. The sixth. Vav is always man. Between them, representing the higher world and the lower world. We would call it the heavenlies and the earthly, the spiritual and the physical. The Vav separating the connecting the two. Now, the Hebrews believe that man was the connector of the heavenlies and the, the physical realm. You're the connector. You're the temple. To them, the temple was the place where God connected with man. That's you and I. Aleph represents the creation some, from something from nothing. This is where they, where in Greek they got the no or not, because it's the Hebrew letter ayin, as I'll show you. And it says it appears that nothing is there or um, their parent, no means. It came from nowhere. Like this, it came out of nowhere. We, we use these uh, sayings. It is the essential symbol of beginning and ultimate reality that cannot be talked about because God's timeless, spaceless, present everywhere. It's the one that cannot be divided, represented perfection beyond human com comprehension. So remember this. First letter of the Hebrew alphabet signifies oneness and unity of the creator. Well, if we're, if we're in oneness with the creator, that means we have the ability to divinely create. And science is proving that. The formula to create, as I just recorded, is a thought and an emotion. When we eye in, when we perceive with the third eye, the single eye, the, the creative ability we got in our mind, that literally takes the spirit and forms it and fashions it into the physical realm. That's the imagination. That's Yatsar. That's the, in Isaiah and Jeremiah, it says, the Lord, the Father, you're the one that's casting the seed in the divine garden of your mind, which I'll show you is the garden narrative. Um, that has the ability to divinely create. You're one with the creator, and it's represented perfection beyond human comprehension. Now, I in the 70, just let me show you that real quick as well. Um <clears throat> And you can go through all these because once you get this, here's Tet. Here's the serpent, by the way. Um, and you kind of see the picture of a snake biting its tail. It was the endless life because it could lay down its skin and not die. And so, Lamed, Mem, 
Ayin. All right, the 16th letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Ayin means the eyes, the third eye, not your physical eyes. The Ayin has to do with vision and bringing forth lights that are hidden. Well, hello, this is the secret place, right? Ayin teaches us to see beyond and relates to time. It's the aspect of a visionary. It's to not just see what's happening in front of you, but to envision beyond that. In Hebrew, they would say kof or kuf. It's the back of your head. So I'll show you where, where this is important here in a minute. Because if it was in front of you, it meant you could see it in the physical realm. You could see it with your physical eyes. If it's behind you, it means it's in the unseen. All right? Kuf, the back of a man's head. Ayin employs us to open our eyes to see beyond the physical. The ayin is meant to take us from dark to light from the spiritual realm in a secret place into the physical realm where we can see it. It urges us to break through the walls of limitations in order to see what is not yet visible. All things are available to us, guys. Our praise and worship, our prayer, our meditation is not to somehow move God. God's available and is never changing. It's to move us and to realize what's always been available. So ayin and Aleph are key here, guys. Now, not translated in Genesis 1. Now watch this. Let's go to the garden narrative, because this is where we get the original idea of sin. And I'm going to show you sin, disobedience, unrighteous, unholy. Um, everything that is supposedly wrong with man is a mistranslation of those two letters. Everything, guys. There is no bad news in the good news. Oh, this is you are God's highest creation, guys. I used to think you know, when people would say, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Oh, that sounds so noble. It sounds so self-righteous. It sounds so humble. It's absolutely wrong is what it is. Guys, come on. That is negating God's highest creation. That's going, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Sounds great. 100% wrong. You are God's highest creation with the ability to divinely create, guys. There's never been anything wrong with you. The fact that I was just like, I've always been fascinated by the divine ability of man, that somehow he's given us his unique abilities to create. We're supernatural, guys. I was just sharing the other, the other day, like just little things like this. Like the idea that I can look at somebody and go, oh, they're a sinner. The fact that a husband and woman, the seed of intimacy comes out and this beautiful life comes out. You know, the fact of like um, the birds and the, the cattle and the, the horses out here, the elk are running through here almost every day now. Um, the mule deer run right through our, our acreage here almost every day. And I can't look at them and go, we live in the fallen world. It's divine. <laughs> it's divine. The fact that I could... I was cutting off something. I, I got a little cut. Nothing serious. I never worried about it. What is it, guys, if we're so fallen, um, which that doesn't mean. It says we descended as children, as, as princes, as kings into the earthly realm. Oh, it's so beautiful to me. What is it that I didn't think about it? I didn't get the prayer team together. Go, oh, please pray. I, now I've got a hole in my skin and it's bleeding. And... Uh, I simply, I put a bandaid on it so I didn't get blood on things, but that was it. And you know what? Something in me, the divine ability of God knew how to create new skin cells, knew how to create new hair follicles, knew how to create new capillaries, and it heals itself. You know what? When you get into divine rest, when you get into love, who is God, we're surrounded by this, this beautiful field of love. Your body naturally goes to homeostasis. So anyway, let me go, let me go back to this. Um, all right. So that's a, in the beginning, Elohim's created physically and spiritually. The, the, finished, the, the finished work, the oneness, the divine ability, the creative God of two joined together. First physical, earthly realm, then the yacht above spiritual realm. This is called uh, 
the virgin birth. It's called um, the the adulterer because you're having intimacy within yourself. As I'll show you, it says self a lot of the times. Um, I'm having intimacy, but not there appears that no one's there because it's in the unseen realm with God himself. The heavenly realm, the spiritual realm, Vav Aleftoth, and the earthly realm. Those are the two covenants. The whole thing is right here. Now let's go to the garden narrative. And, and um, I already told you what the serpent was. But uh, so we get this idea of the original sin that Adam and Eve, um, she was so bad. She was naked and she listened to a talking snake. And now two thirds of the earth uh, has the ability to be tortured. I just think that's silly now that I understand. I, now, I had to be taught that as a little kid. Otherwise, there's no way I believe that, which is why, you know, the Latin church said we better get them before seven because you're in the left top. You're in the alpha and uh, not the left top, the alpha and theta stages of your brainwaves. You accept anything. There's not a filter. You just go, oh, that must be true. So anyway, so he drove out the man. Well, that sounds like he drove out the man from the Garden of Eden except there's this thing that they don't translate 11,050 times. And it shows up three times here, guys, in this garden narrative. A left off, a left off, a left off. Now, here's what it really says. Instead of man being driven out of the garden, it says there's something expelled or cast out like a seed. There's something that's cast out and driven out of the love covenant of God in man. It's the seed of God's being cast out, guys, not man being cast out of the garden. Those are two totally different narratives. So it says, there was a casting out of a love covenant from the man, and it dwelled, he placed or dwelled to the east. Now, this is really interesting. Machedem. So we get this mem. It's the mighty waters that incubates the number 40. Well, that's semen, guys. Um, kuf, it's the back of the head in the unseen. The mighty waters in the unseen dam. Now, this is the word for blood, guys. Now, again, this is a mistranslation from, from Greek to Hebrew. Hebrew blood was the juice of the grapes, the oil of the olives, the love covenant. And it it's the dam is like a dam. What stops the flow of a woman's period? Well, the semen of a man. Well, what stops the... the, the um, and once the, the period is stopped, guys, the flow, it literally is, you've been incubated with that seed it stops the flow as damn and it's a little this delight is the door what enters into the threshold and we get this idea when you see a, a husband and wife where they she carried her over the threshold on their honeymoon or something like that so it's what enters in or out of the door the mighty waters that enter in and out of the door that stops the flow there's no spot or blemish that means you're impregnated with life so this is this is the mighty waters in the unseen that impregnate you with life in the garden of Eden, I in the third eye of perception, it's within, guys. A left off the finished work between the two cherubs in the holiest of holies. So here's literally what it says: it says there's an expelling in a love covenant of man, not man being expelled out of the garden, the dwelling place in the unseen garden of the mind. The flame is the number seven, the hot, it's the the lamed, the rod in the unseen of Tet, the seed that of the endless life, the serpent. The sword is the number seven that turns within itself. You're gonna, I'm gonna show you where it says himself all the time, where they translate capital H-I-M in the new trans, translations, uh, that preserves the, the strength of God in the covenant. This is the way of the tree of life, Semek, the thing that props up a man like a plant. It's all beautiful. 
All right. Now let's get into this uh, Aleph, uh, where we get sin and we get uh, unrighteousness, disobedience. Then we'll show you where it never says no or not. Okay. So you can pick, I'm not going to go through them all, but I promise you, if you go look up anything that's wrong, like this verse, all unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin, not unto death. That's what it says in English, right? Well, let's look at sin first. You're going to notice, guys, that it all starts with alpha, the Greek letter alpha, 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 alpha. When you look at disobedience, I'll show you. So I'm just going to go through this once. Of those disobeying the gospel. So I just heard a, a message on this from a friend, and I thought, how sad, because he says, God's no longer going to stand by and not do anything. This is going to start at the house of the judgment, the house of God. Well, first of all, it has nothing to do with the church downtown. You're the temple. You're the dwelling place of God, guys. And disobey, you'll see it starts with Alpha again. So it, it literally says, this is the obedience, the good news of God. Instead, they turn it into something really negative, of course. But let's go back to this sin. So I'm going to show you this, guys. Remember Alpha? Uh, well, I haven't shown you that. I've shown you in previous services. Okay, so amartia, sin, failure, some guys, uh, sinful deed, missing the mark. Um, guys, I knew somehow this wasn't true just because I never felt worse than when you start talking about guilt, shame, disobedience. Somehow God, the only source of life that our heart knows is absolutely true, could somehow not be available to you because you weren't good enough to God. He's the unchanging one, guys. You, your behavior doesn't change him in one bit. Now, it can affect you. If you start thinking badly about yourself, you you actually, you're, the energy to your cells, guilt, shame, uh, doubt, fear are all the lowest emotions, guys. You actually contract your electromagnetic field. You draw to you things that are negative. So anyway, we'll look at this. Amartya means A, not, and Maros is your part or share or inheritance. You can go look at this yourself. A forfeiture from your inheritance or missing the mark. Okay, it's a contraction from A and Meros, but let's look at A, meaning no or not. Alpha. Ooh, I'm showing you this. The word alpha is only used four times in Revelation. It's never no or not. It's not saying, I am the not, no, and omega. I am not the no and omega. I'm not the no and omega. I'm not the no and omega. Well, maybe we got something wrong here. Alpha, the first letter of the Greek alphabet. Okay. The first letter of the Greek alphabet, one. Alpha is used as the prefix typically means no or not, even italics, guys, because it's never used as no or not. Now, this is where, and then under forgiveness of the New Testament. Oh, boy. Okay, come on. Let's go to Strong's. That's why I use everything um, out of here so you know I'm not making anything up. Alpha of Hebrew origin. This came from Hebrew, guys, the first letter of the alphabet, figuratively only from its use as the numeral, the first. Guys, remember I showed you what, it came from the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, Aleph. Now, alpha can mean no or not in Greek, like asymmetrical, um, any word that means no or not means not symmetrical. But this letter in the Bible was translated from the Hebrew first letter, Aleph. Remember what Aleph meant, guys? Aleph meant the strength of God, the, the your oneness with the divine creator. Now, let me just show you this again, because this is so huge, guys. This is so huge. Okay, that was Ian. I'll show you that here in a second, then we'll be done. I just want to show you. You can go look up. I'm giving you the tools where you can go look up anything that's wrong with man, unrighteous, disobedient, unholy, uh, sin, all mistranslations from the first letter of this beautiful divine creation. Here's what the first letter in Hebrew is. 
which alpha comes from. The problem is it's a transliteration. They took the sound of a word, the first letter of in, in Hebrew, and they, they, they made it into the Greek word. That's the first letter is alpha. Well, alpha can mean no or not in Greek. It never means no or not in Hebrew. In fact, it's the 180 degrees opposite. Instead of sin, here's what it means. Instead of you missed your portion or your share, it means you will absolutely have the strength of God and your oneness. Alpha indicates the oneness and unity of your creator. It is There's something beyond this idea that you could ever be separate or dual. You are the, you are the creator and the source of everything. Left represents the creation of something from nothing. In the unseen realm, guys, there appears to be nothing there. It is the essential symbol of beginnings. From the beginning, a left top, Genesis 1, guys. It cannot be divided. So literally, it says your oneness be your oneness and divine ability to create beyond human comprehension. Well, we're just trying to comprehend it. That's what the good news is all about. So A, alpha, the Hebrew means oneness. Well, they say no or not. It says, no, it's your divine ability to create something from nothing, your oneness with God. Now, let's go look at this again. That's sin. While sin doesn't mean sin, how we think of it as sin, it means your portion or your inheritance because it's A, meros, your part, share, your lot in life, your inheritance. You And how it was translated in Greek, you're going to not have your inheritance. What it From Hebrew, what it literally means is Every single human being on the planet, guys, will receive their lot and inheritance and their strength of divine ability to create from God. That's why I've always said for a long time, take it in English and do 180 degrees, guys, then you'll find the good news. So Pasa, as I call it, Paul's Alls or John, because in the on, in in the, the Paul's writings, and, and by, by the way, Paul is the pay. His nature changed from Saul to Paul. Um, Paul is the... The, the first Adam, the first blood man, the first seed that impregnated man created flesh is of the earth. The second Adam, Aleph is the, 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 the strength of the covenant, the seed that's cast out in, in a love covenant of intimacy that has blood, dam, that stops the flow, impregnates with the spirit himself as a speaking spirit or pay is the opening of the head or the mouth, pay. So his nature changed from the physical covenant into the spiritual covenant. He became a speaking spirit. So, all right, unrighteousness. Let's look at this. Anytime, like I said, unrighteous, disobedient, unholy, sin, all mistranslations, guys, You, every one of them, you'll see it starts with this alpha again, okay? Means your justice, so A, no or not. Alpha means no or not. First letter of the Greek alphabet typically means no or not in italics, because even then they go, oh, geez, typically means no or not, but it actually doesn't, because it's never used as no or not. And then they'll tell you again, every one of these disobedient, unrighteous, unholy sin, Hebrew origin, the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Well, the problem is they translated it from Hebrew into Greek. Greek, A means not, but the source of it was Hebrew. Hebrew means your oneness and divine ability to create. This, the, you could never be separate from God. You have his judgment. So his righteous judgment. So check this out, guys. Here's what it literally says. Everyone, all human beings on the planet, will receive their judgment of God and will receive their inheritance of God, <clears throat> which exists, I am. And there is an inheritance of God, not, I'll show you what this is, that you find face to face when you die. It's the last, it's the last trumpet that sounds. When you die, guys, we're like the serpent. We're like the sheep before it shears. It's silent. There's no, there's no visible 
worry being cast out, but the seed of God is literally being cast out and we rest our head. So there is a sin, guys, it's so hard for people to get all these alphas, right? When you're face to face of God at death, that's literally what it says. So let's look at this, no or not, and we'll be done. Because the, all the all the Ten Commandments sound bad. I, again, guys, it you know it says, and God said, thou shalt not. I've showed you that. Go look at it. It says, all Elohim shall speak these words. Meaning, these are the things that are going to be cast out of man that carry the nature of the Father. Physically, spiritually, not. The reason they get not again, guys, is because it comes from the unseen. There appears to be nothing there. There's no one there. And there's there's no visible means. Okay, promise you guys. So where it says um, all these knots and for her children, and she refused to be comforted. No, you know, no, not ooh, subjectively negates the statement. Really, not this fact. Read it in English, and then do the exact opposite, guys, because they mistranslated this. I promise you. Once you get it here, watch this. In the manuscripts, it means Aleph. Well, that's the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. That's the that's the, your divine ability to create your oneness with God, both physically the lower realm and spiritually the, the spiritual realm, and it also means low, where it's often translated as like the letter hey. It's an open window where we get low and behold, I've perceived something, but it's not. I can't see it with my physical eyes. Lo and behold, it means there was a revelation, and then we get ayin, 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 which I showed you, at the number seventy guys, so. Ayin is the finished work that carries the strength of God or the seed of God that is released in the love covenant, Yod, 10th, and Noon is the seed that incubates. <laughs> so what he's saying is there's this is the in the unseen realm, in the darkness, in the machadem, in the unseen realm, guys. It's used for hey, lo and behold, and Ayin, the number 70, where I showed you Ayin says, Ayin this says, Look beyond the physical realm. It's seen with the eye of the mind, guys. And we see that garden narrative. There is a seed of God, not man cast out of the garden. There is a seed of God released in love covenant of man. <clears throat> the machadem, the mighty waters that carry the seed of life that incubates in the kuf, the, in the unseen, the garden of the cherubim, the mind. The holiest of holies. So hopefully that shows you guys. I'm just giving you the tools that the idea of sin was a fourth century mistranslation of Alpha from Aleph. Disobedient was a trans mistranslation of, of Alpha from Aleph. Unrighteousness is just mistranslations of, from Alpha to from Aleph. Anything bad, and even not, thou shalt not. Go look up at all the oohs, the nots, guys, and it'll say the un- the in and they where they get no is it says because it comes from the unseen. There's nothing there, and by no apparent means, it's the creation of something from nothing, almost very similar to Aleph. So I hope that helps, guys. It's uh, you are God's highest creation. You're not a sinner. You're not disobedient. You're not unrighteous. Now you can misuse the creative ability of God, but if we always understood our 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 oneness with God, there would be no need to misuse the Spirit because we know that we always have source of everything. We know that we, we we can receive all things that have been given to God. We can divinely receive health. We can divinely receive abundance. We can divinely see, receive uh, anything we desire because all we do is cast the seed in the unseen realm, which is the garden narrative. So hope that helps, guys. God bless.